Welcome to Basis Juice presented by PointsBet Sportsbook. I'm the prop queen, Ariel Epstein. It was a decent night last night in baseball. We went 2-2. Two and two. Got really lucky on the Atlanta Braves run line. Get into that at the end. I'm going to be selfless to start the show today. Work my way towards selfish. Actually, that's false. I'm going to hate myself in the first game that we talk about. Then I'm going to talk about loving myself by the end. This is like a therapy session for me. Also going to have best bets later on in the show, of course. We'll start with recaps. I'm, I said I was going to wear all black today. I didn't. Um, I decided to blend in with the couch, I guess, to like, you know, feel like I'm sinking into the couch. Um, I'm really upset. My Tampa Bay Rays 25 to 1 futures ticket, which to win the World Series looked so freaking good up until the All Star break. Even looked good a little bit after the All Star break, despite the Rays losing. Last night, I threw a funeral for it. Do you throw a funeral? Or do you just have a funeral? I don't think you throw a funeral. You have a funeral. Um, yeah, I said rest in peace to the Tampa Bay Rays because their ace and the pitcher, everyone, oh, a lot of people thought was going to win the AL Cy Young. Shane McClanahan is likely not going to pitch for the rest of the season. McClanahan injured his left forearm, and he got evaluated. He's going to get evaluated again by another specialist, Highly unlikely, the manager of the Rays, Kevin Cash, said that he pitches again this year. They're even considering Tommy John surgery, flexor surgery, loose body removal, among other options. McClanahan, 329 ERA, 11-2 this year in 21 starts. The ace of this Tampa Bay staff. Listen to this list. Rays, without Drew Rasmussen, Shane Baz, Jeffrey Springs, and now Shane McClanahan. Those are your four starting pitchers at the beginning of the season. Four of five. The top four. Gone. Out for the year. See you later. The Rays are still in second place of the AL East. I'm not saying their season's completely over. I kind of am, though. If you're not going to win a World Series, who cares, right? The Rays aren't winning a World Series with this rotation anymore. Now, they looked good yesterday. They did have their righty Zach Eflin on the mound. One... Uh, 4-2 to two against St. Louis. Rays have won seven of their last ten. Eflin, seven innings pitch, four hits, one run allowed. You've got Eflin Glass now still. Yet the rest of your rotation, just like tonight, Jalen Beeks is pitching. They're not top-notch pitchers. Anytime you speak to a World Series champion, they ask, or you ask them, what is the recipe for a World Series? It's a one-two punch. The Rays had that. That's why I bet them 25-1 to to win the World Series. The price was amazing for an experienced playoff team who has made it to the playoffs in five straight years under their manager, Kevin Cash. You got the one-two punch. It was Rasmussen. It was McClanahan. Then the rest of your rotation was supposed to be Jeffrey Springs, Eflin, Glasnow. This was supposed to be the most untouchable rotation in baseball. Maybe in history. Yet none of them can stay healthy. Yeah, the Rays are going to be okay. Maybe they win a playoff series if their bats heat up. Better hope that it's Yandy Diaz's birthday every day. Yesterday on his 32nd birthday, went four for four. Apparently, the Rays hired a mariachi band to follow Diaz around the entire day. <laughs> like, literally the entire day was being followed around by a four- or five-man mariachi band. Goes four for four. Hey. 
got to do it every day, like Groundhog's Day, because this is probably the only way that the Rays are going to have a chance at cashing my 25-1 to ticket. I've been in situations like this before. The Atlanta Braves lost Mike Soroka and Ronald Acuna Jr. the year they won the World Series. I had them 10-1. to But uh, two games back of the Orioles for the AL East. Again, I don't care so much about winning the division. Obviously, it's nice to have the first seed in the league if you're going to get that by. Otherwise, the Razor, I'm throwing it, – it's I'm, – I'm sad. Okay, on to the next team. Speaking of those Orioles, the Orioles lost a heartbreaker yesterday to the Houston Astros 7-6. The Astros cash minus 136 road favorites. I blame my dad for this loss, Orioles fans. Even though the Orioles management probably will blame bad karma for uh, my friend Kevin getting suspended in the broadcast booth. Um, however, aside for that whole drama, Houston's right fielder, Kyle Tucker, a grand slam off one of the best closers in baseball, Orioles righty Felix Bautista. That was in the top of the ninth inning. My dad texted me in the first two innings when the Orioles were up 5 nothing after Ryan Mountcastle, Adley Rushman. They homered off Framber Valdez in the first and second innings. My dad is just like on cloud nine. It's the second inning against the reigning World Series champions. Dad, you're an idiot. You jinxed them. And the Astros end up coming back in the ninth with a grand slam. See, I like to call those a walk-off grand slam. It wasn't. Obviously, it's not the bottom of the ninth. It was a walk-off. Like, you hit a walk-off grand slam, essentially, against the best closer in baseball. You were up 5 nothing. Sorry, Orioles. This is where a little bit of an experience might take its toll. In the playoffs, at least. And I'm not doubting the Orioles again in regards to making the playoffs, winning the division, possibly getting in, maybe winning a series. This isn't a World Series team, Baltimore. They're just not. As for the Astros, they are a World Series team. They're three games back of Texas, plus 125 to win the division. Again, still will tell you until the last game of the season that the Astros have value at, at any form of plus money to win the AL West. I don't want to step in front of the Texas Rangers just yet, but before we get to them, the Orioles are minus 160 now to win the AL East. That's the largest favorite that they have been all season. That has to That's baked in with that Tampa Bay pitching problem, of course, because if Shane McClanahan was good to go, that thing would have stayed a close race like we're seeing in the AL West. I also want to give credit to Orioles fans because they chanted the free Kevin Brown chants on multiple occasions throughout the game, which apparently you could hear way more on the TBS broadcast than you could on the Masson telecast. Kevin Brown is a great guy. One of my, he's someone who went to Syracuse before me. And every time I've seen him at a sporting event has been nothing but a great person and super supportive since I was a local reporter who literally was like a nobody in the world, still a nobody in the world, but even more so of a nobody. Like where the like where the Oakland Athletics are, that was me back in 2016, and Kevin was still super nice to me. Okay, so now from the best to the worst, the Athletics I just talked about, whatever. The Texas Rangers, they are now your team to beat in the American League. The World Series odds on points bet sportsbook go Atlanta Braves. Los Angeles Dodgers, Texas Rangers. Rangers beat the A's 6-1 to yesterday. Rangers extended their winning streak 
to the longest in seven years to eight games. Great outing by the righty Max Scherzer. Seven innings pitched, three hits, one earned run off a homer, six strikeouts. The Rangers rotation is 7-0 with a 2-3-6 ERA in the month of August. They're leading the majors in wins and ERA this month. Texas bullpen has held opponents scoreless in seven of their last eight games. On to the offensive side, which is why everyone loved the Rangers to begin with this year was their lineup. The Rangers have scored 50 runs, which is an average of just over six runs per game during their winning streak. They've out-homered opponents 18-5 to in that span. Texas shortstop Corey Seager. He had three hits, including his 19th home run and his sixth in his last nine games. Seager in 72 games this year is hitting 353. As for their manager, Bruce Bochy, first year managing in Texas, the Rangers have already matched their win total from last season at 68 wins. Every former baseball player I've spoken to has said nothing but the best things about Bruce Bochy. That's why you're seeing so much success. You've got a Texas team that respects them. Max Scherzer yesterday, I mean, listen, it was the Athletics. Let's see what he could do against a better team, not the worst team in the majors. You signed him so he could go seven innings, and that's exactly what he did yesterday. That's what you hope you get out of an ace. Without your ace, Jacob DeGrom, there, if you could get a one-two punch in Scherzer and Ivaldi, you've got something cooking for the playoffs. Rangers are minus 140 to win the AL West. Third shortest odds to win the World Series. Rangers officially the best team, according to the odds, in the American League. I don't necessarily agree that they're the best World Series team. I think the Astros still are. Um, but I would have to rate the Rangers ahead of the Orioles solely because of that pitching. I just wish the Orioles got at least a number one, and then we'd be having another conversation. Lineup-wise, the Orioles look great. Just the Rangers have more depth in their starting rotation. The Rangers' bullpen, like I mentioned, all those scoreless innings so far. Look at what happened with the Phillies last year. Philadelphia had the worst bullpen in baseball. They were bottom five in bullpen ERA all year. That's where the Texas Rangers have been all year. Bottom 10, bottom five in bullpen ERA. If this Rangers' bullpen somehow pulls off what the Phillies did where it's the same rotation, just everyone starts to heat up at the right time. If they maintain this until October 1st, I'm really going to be worried about Texas even more. Their bullpen is really their Achilles heel in Texas. On to the National League. Surprise, surprise, the Mets lost yesterday. The Chicago Cubs beat them. Chicago's now won 16 of their last 21 games. Outscoring opponents 146 to 98 in that span, which they have the best record in baseball since July 18th. According to Fangraphs, the Cubs' playoff odds have soared from 6% to 54% in that span. Cubs center fielder Mike Talkman, tie breaking homer in the eighth inning. Talkman's hitting 330 with five homers, 24 RBI, and 23 runs in 26 games. Talkman signed a minor league deal, remember, with the Cubs in January. A minor league deal. Didn't even get called up from the minors. This is a veteran. Didn't even get called up from the minors until May 19th. Since then, he's had multiple occasions, just like last night, where he had some kind of game-saving, game-winning play. Thinking back to July 28th, he had 
a game-ending home run robbery talk, man, against the Cardinals. The Cubs righty, Jamison Tyone, threw yesterday, retired his final 16 batters to win his fourth straight game. Cubs outfielder Cody Bellinger, he also went deep. The Cubs decided not to trade Bellinger, which really has helped catapult this team into a whole other dimension because they knew they weren't going to be sellers. Bellinger is hitting 447 with 10 RBI and 10 runs scored in 10 games. 10-game hit streak, by the way. Bellinger could become a league qualifier today for tonight's game. He's hitting 331, which ranks fourth best in the majors behind Luis Arise, Freddie Freeman, and Ronald Acuna Jr. Bellinger is super valuable to this Cubs team. The Cubs have now moved one and a half games behind the first-place Milwaukee Brewers in the NL Central. They're in a virtual tie with the Reds for third in the NL wildcard spot, that final spot. The odds for the NL Central, Brewers, they're minus 110. Cubs, one and a half back at two to one. Reds, one and a half back at plus 275. Still think the Brewers are going to win this division. If Brandon Woodruff comes back, everybody watch out. Nervous because the Cubs ace, Marcus Stroman, is on the IL. Cubs bats are hot. Just pitching is always what I'm going to base my futures bets off of. The Brewers are the ones with the pitching out of those three teams in the NL Central. Just didn't think the NL Central was going to be the most exciting race in the National League to follow. If you told me preseason who's going to be the most exciting race, I would have said it was the NL West, of course. No, it's the NL Central, who I said was the worst division in baseball, that's going to come down to the wire. The team with the second best record to the Cubs since July 18th, the Seattle Mariners, who are 14-6, and six, that continued yesterday in a 2-0 win over the San Diego Padres. My favorite play that happened yesterday in Seattle. Seattle All-Star center fielder Julio Rodriguez, he robs Fernando Tatis Jr. of a home run, and then he proceeds to pretend that he didn't catch it. Like, if you're watching on our YouTube channel, you'll be able to see the play. He leaps over, you would think, over that 401 center field wall, 401-foot center field wall that he didn't catch it, and there he goes. He's like, yeah, I got it, guys. Don't worry about it. Even his pitcher was concerned. Like, did he get it? Did he not get it? Anyway, J-Rod's hilarious, and this is why Seattle loves him. Seattle righty Logan Gilbert, second time dominating the Padres this year, limited San Diego last uh, outing to one run and three hits and seven innings back on June 6th. Mariners are now plus 160 to make the playoffs. Padres plus 250, four games back of the final wild card spot. Mariners just have a really tough September, really tough. Just don't see them being able to edge out some of those other AL wild card teams like the Blue Jays or the Yankees even. Again, the Yankees have the easiest schedule. If you're looking at the Blue Jays, the Mariners, and the Yankees, Yankees have the easiest schedule in September. It's going to be, as much as it's going to be Toronto's to lose because they're in that third wild card spot, yeah, it's going to be more disappointing based on schedule if the Yankees don't have a hot September. And let me tell you, you just saw what happened to the Cubs, whose 6% chance to make the playoffs goes to 54% in a month. We've still got a little over a month left in the baseball season. No, yeah, a little over a month left in the baseball season. A lot can happen. This is my selfish time. I'm going to brag. The Atlanta Braves, I love you. You win my heart for the night. I mean, it's not much of a competition. Uh the Braves beat the Pirates 8-6, so we covered our minus one-and-a-half run line. It was a sweat. In fact, I saw the Braves losing in, like, the fifth or sixth inning by a run. I thought this game was over. I was about to tweet, oh, 
One and three night tonight. Blah, blah, blah. Stupid Braves. Until Atlanta shortstop Orlando Garcia hits a two-run double with two outs in the top of the ninth inning. Caps off a three-run top of the ninth for the Braves to cash that minus one and a half. The Pirates threw their closer, David Bednar, out. Their all-star closer, by the way. Threw him out for the second straight game. Started the ninth. 6-5 lead for Pittsburgh. Took his third blown save in 26 opportunities this year after pitching those back-to-back nights. Not many people can come in and pitch back-to-back nights out of the pen. Mariano Rivera was amazing doing it until the last five years of his career had started to weigh on him, and that's the best closer of all time. For David Bednar, who's an all-star, just not putting him at Mariano Rivera level, it's a tough thing to do for a closer, especially up against the best team in baseball. I'm going to get to why that's important for tonight's slate of games. More importantly for the futures market, Atlanta's all-star outfielder, Ronald Cunha Jr., he left the game early after being hit on the elbow by a 97-mile-an-hour fastball by Colin Holderman in the sixth. X-rays were thankfully negative. The team reports it looks likely he can play tonight. you got to have Acuna. It's crazy because this team was able to win a World Series without him, yet he hit his 26th home run yesterday as a leadoff hitter. He's on pace, Acuna, for 38 home runs, 77 stolen bases, and 146 runs scored. No player has scored 146 runs since Sammy Sosa in 2001. Acuna Jr., Matt Olson, Ozzy Albies, and Austin Riley have each played 111 games this season for the Braves. Remember, what helped the Astros last year was their entire starting rotation pretty much made every start. Consistency. Health, obviously, huge keys. The Atlanta Braves, they've got some of their top sluggers who have been consistent in playing. Olsen recorded an RBI in now 11 straight games. In his last 11 games, hitting 395 with seven home runs and 20 RBI. Just feels every single player on the Braves finds a way to step up. They're all just having great seasons. Atlanta's the team to beat. They are the favorites at Points Bet Sportsbook to win the World Series. We've got a play in that game coming up next year on Basis Juice, plus some more plays for tonight's slate. Stay right here. We're back on Basis Juice, presented by Points Bet Sportsbook. Time for picks for tonight in Major League Baseball. Starting with a game that only a better would want to pl- like would ever watch. The Detroit Tigers. It's about to be my favorite pitcher of the night. Right-hander Alex Fajardo over 4.5 Ks, around minus 130 against the Minnesota Twins. Against Fajardo's pitch mix, the Minnesota Twins have the highest K rate in baseball at just under 30%, which for someone who follows K props, that is high. In order to hit five strikeouts, Fajardo has to face 17 Twins on average. He's hit that in 18 of 19 career starts. Fajardo has gone over 4.5 strikeouts in the only game that he's faced a high K rate team this year, the Seattle Mariners, he had seven. Minnesota has the highest K rate in baseball, and... Righty starters are averaging just below six strikeouts a game against them, with nine of the last ten righty starters going over four and a half strikeouts. Over for Fayeto tonight. Another play for tonight's slate, Baltimore's righty Jack Flaherty, under five and a half Ks against the Astros. The Astros are a team like the Mets, where I just feel every time I bet something in that game, I lose. I am hoping that's not the case tonight. Because if it is with a Houston strikeout prop, like facing Houston again and losing a strikeout prop against Houston, they are officially with the Mets in the graveyard. However, I do like this under 5.5 Ks for Flaherty. 
Against this pitch mix, Astros have a 22.5% K rate, which is tied for seventh fewest in baseball. For Flaherty to go six or more strikeouts, he would have to face 27 batters, something he has done 20. He's faced 26 or fewer in 17 of his 21 starts this year. So 18, 19, 21, four starts where he's faced 27 or more batters out of his 21 starts this year. Flaherty has gone under in five of seven games when facing a low K rate team like Houston, who has the eighth lowest K rate in baseball. And with a prop of five and a half, eight of the last 10 righty starters have gone under that. They're averaging four and a half strikeouts a game against righty starters, Houston. Under five and a half Ks for Jack Flaherty tonight in Baltimore. Two team totals I like. Atlanta's team total over of five and a half runs, around minus 130 in Pittsburgh. Atlanta is averaging about five and a half runs per road game. They have the highest road OPS in baseball. Pittsburgh's throwing their righty, Quinn Priester, who's allowed at least five runs in both his home starts in Pittsburgh. Cleveland, 11 runs. Philly, seven runs for the team totals in which Priester has faced them. So those were like, you know, not that Priester gave up 11 runs. He just gave up enough runs as a starter that eventually led to Cleveland scoring 11 and Philly scoring 7. And also Pittsburgh, they've used 10 relievers in these last two games against Atlanta. Like I said in the A block, they used their all-star reliever, their all-star closer, David Bednar, in back-to-back nights. There's no way he's pitching tonight. Atlanta's going over this number of 5.5 runs. My favorite team total in all of baseball the Boston Red Sox team total overs at home. It's five and a half now. We were betting it at four and a half all season. Five and a half over around minus 120 range against Kansas City. The Red Sox average five and a half runs per home game, fifth highest in baseball. Kansas City's righty Jordan Lyles opposing team totals when he's on the road. Just over six runs per game. Lyles has a 7.56 road ERA this year. Atrocious. The wind's also blowing out at Fenway. I look at this website, ballparkpal.com, where it's like either red means low runs or green, high in runs. Fenway, for some reason, I guess it's how I bookmarked it in my computer, is always the first stadium to pop up when I click the link. It was all green across the board, 15% increase in runs, 8% increase in home runs, 21% increase in extra base hits based on the wind blowing out at Fenway tonight. Red Sox over five and a half runs. I'm going to watch some of my Red Sox fan friends on Twitter talking about how their season's not dead yet. No, it's not because it's not September. Just wait until September when your schedule is atrocious. Hitter pitcher matchups to look out for. Boston's third baseman Raphael Devers hitting 353 with three doubles, a home run against Jordan Lyles. He's gone, he's gone, like, if you look at the total bases kind of thing, or you like singles, doubles, etc., if you look for, like, two or more bases to acquire, Devers has gone over that in seven of his ten home games. Last ten home games. Dodgers right fielder Mookie Betts, he's only hitting two fifty nine, yet he has a double and three home runs against Arizona's righty Merrill Kelly. That's good for some total bases or home run props or even some kind of, like, extra base hit prop that you could try to find. He's had... Two or more bases in seven of eight games in August, Mookie Betts. Lastly, Chicago White Sox left fielder Andrew Benatendi is crushing Yankees righty Luis Severino, which the Yankees, by the way, say it should be Severino due to the injuries and Herman being in, like, getting help for his alcohol abuse. Um, so it should be Severino, who's like, needs multiple therapists because he has already called himself the worst pitcher in baseball. 
Not sure what you're going to get out of Seve. Benatendi's got good history against them anyway, hitting 382, four doubles, two home runs. That's it for us here at Basis Juice, presented by PointsBet Sportsbook. I'm the prop queen, Ariel Levstein, and we will see you again tomorrow.